conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by dermatologist and founder of Dr. Dennis Gross Skincare, Dr. Dennis Gross. Now, the joy of my life is that I always walk away from these interviews having learnt so much, but this is a recording that I have listened back to several times now, and I've pulled something new from it every single time. Now, this is a science-heavy listen, and for context, Dr. Dennis Gross is the doctor who pioneered peels as we now know them. One of Dr. Dennis's first childhood memories involves him experimenting with topical ingredients and discovering the immediately visible transformative powers of skincare. So it comes as no surprise that the product he's most famous for developing, the Alpha Beta Peel, grew its cult following based on its instantly transformative results. With a background in skin cancers, it was in his Fifth Avenue, New York clinic that he developed the original Alpha Beta formula, an in-clinic only, two-step peel that revolutionised peels forever. At a time where most believed a true peel needed to inflict trauma on the skin, Dr. Dennis worked with multiple acids at lower concentrations rather than one acid at a high percentage. This peel utilised concepts and skin chemistry that had never been used before. And its popularity took Dr. Dennis outside his New York clinic to launch Dr. Dennis Gross Skincare as we now know it. I caught up with Dr. Dennis during his recent trip to Australia to discuss how he's using technology to make nature more effective, his philosophy that if a product isn't making you look instantly better, then it's not working, and how an episode of Sex in the City almost single-handedly ruined public perception of facial peels. So you have been and still are a practicing dermatologist in New York City. I am. I've been for 25 years, mm-hmm. if my research serves me. You're a specialist in skin cancers. You've been both a board member for the Skin Cancer Foundation and a collaborating member of the American Cancer Society. Correct. And you're responsible for a number of clinical studies at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Right. Just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Before all of that, what is right. your first memory of beauty? You know, it's, it's funny you should ask that because I'd never been asked that question before. And bottom, you know, have you heard of this, this pediatric virus called the mumps? Yes, right. I have. So my first memory of beauty was when I was like six years old. And I never thought about beauty, but mm-hmm. I had the mumps. And I looked in the mirror and I was horrified by how my face had doubled in size. And I had a babysitter, because my mom went to work, um, and so I was just so embarrassed that I actually went and took my mother's, my, my mother's um, powder foundation and patted on my face thinking I could hide my swollen mump face. <laughs> and the <laughs> babysitter <six. laughs> the babysitter wouldn't notice, you know. Um, that, was, that was one thing. And then, and then more scientifically, um, I, was, I, was, I was 19, went to Mexico for the first time, and and tried some turtle oil, which you can't buy anymore. What is that? Turtle oil is oil derived from from turtles, as the name would suggest. Exactly, <laughs> and it is an incredible ingredient. You can't buy it anymore now because it's mm-hmm. protected, you know, from extinction, etc. You know, it's it's a wildlife protected uh, species. But 
there's something about that ingredient. And I put it on, uh-huh. and I wasn't really a science person, but I put it on, and I just looked at my skin in the mirror, and I saw it turn this co- rosy color, and I just noticed a change in radiance. And these were before these terms even came into my, my vocabulary. Yes. But um, it fascinated me. So those are my two big memories of science and beauty. That is the best answer I've had to that question ever. No offense to everyone else yeah. that's been on the podcast. So when you were a child, obviously you've kind of discovered beauty and how transformative it can be so early on. What did you think you would grow up to be? Mm. Well, I really liked science. I didn't have any ambition other than to just pursue science. Mm-hmm. You know, I just happened to love it. You know, I just loved um, immunology. I was interested in cancer research. Um, so th- there was that interest, and I didn't really plan on. I just knew I wanted to get a degree, in yeah. an advanced degree. And so I wasn't sure I should get a PhD or an MD um, because I wanted to make something of myself more than just be uh, a, a graduate. Um, and I went and decided, decided to go to medical school to mm-hmm. study science, to study the human body. It's an incredible um, practical in um, application of the world of science, the human body. So that's what I did. I was also considering um, architecture, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, which is how I ended up, think, I think, ended up in dermatology because um, I love the visual world. You know, mm-hmm. I just love looking at just the architecture of beautiful buildings and, and historic um, sites. And dermatology is a very visual specialty in medicine. You know, you know, it doesn't take an x-ray or a microscope. You know, you mm. can just look at the skin, know how to read it, and know what's wrong with it, know how to treat it, know how to make it look more beautiful. So that visual aspect is just part of me. So the combination of science and visual appreciation led me to dermatology. Well, that was going to be my next question. At what point during studying medicine did you think, you know what, dermatology is the direction I'm going to take that in? Yeah. How long did it take you to get to that point? Well, I actually, so my cancer research was in skin cancer, in -hmm. in malignant melanoma. very interesting um, type of cancer from an academic point of mm. view because there are there are um, cases where people go into spontaneous remission with mm-hmm. with advanced melanoma. Unfortunately, that's that's the rare case. It also is a highly responsive type of cancer to many immunologic therapies, and that's unusual for for different types of cancers to be so responsive. So it made for a very interesting tumor model, as mm-hmm. they say. Um, so I, st- I, was a, I was a melanoma researcher, and I actually pursued a career as a cancer specialist at first, but I just found it emotionally very challenging. You know, you, uh, you'd oh lose, I can't a even imagine. lose a lot of patients mm. with advanced melanoma. So I decided to shift gears and go into dermatology because I could visually detect moles before they change and before they become skin cancers or a skin cancer that's really early and remove it. And it was incre- it's an incredible specialty for me. Um, you know, I, would, I do a lot of cosmetic work now. The science has boomed in the cosmetic direction mm. of w- in which I participate. But I'm still very active in s- treating skin cancer patients. B- and, m- and it's a passion of mine because it's so easy to see. You know, all you got to do is just look. Mm. I mean, how incredible easy is Easy for some. <laughs> but it's just, yeah. And for me, it is very easy. Mm. And it's a, it's a true... Um, it's a it's a gift to have that as as, as, mm. as something I can do for people. Absolutely. When you began practicing as a dermatologist, were there any 
skin concerns or conditions that you were seeing a lot then that we're not seeing as much now or vice versa? Are there things that we're seeing in the skin now that once weren't there? Well, you know, I think that we're seeing a lot more um, from a, in the beauty perspective. Um, I'm seeing a lot more acne. Yes. I'm seeing a lot more reactions to stress. Mm-hmm. It's a big, That's part, a big, a big one. part of the real world. We can't switch off now, can we? We cannot switch off. Um, and it really doesn't do good things for the skin. Uh, so, and, you know, stress doesn't do good things for the blood pressure either. Mm. So it's not just skin. Um, so those are the, those are the big ones, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think the bar now is lower in the, in the world of beauty because mm-hmm. we are living in a digital age where we're seeing ourselves on in selfies and on social and, mm-hmm. you know, in days of old, um, you or I wouldn't really see ourselves unless we walked past the mirror and, and then we would maybe have a magnifying mirror to take a closer look. Now we can, we see each ar- ourselves on a phone where we can just like pinch the screen open and, and zoom in mm-hmm. and people are s- coming into my office saying, I didn't have this fine line uh, last week and I'm really worried about it and you don't see it unless it's on 10x magnification, yeah. but it's real. Absolutely. As a practicing dermatologist, at any point did you picture yourself at the helm of a global skincare brand? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I gotta say, I had a, I had a scintillation of, of hope that it might happen. Mm-hmm. And this is going back twenty years ago. Um, I had developed the Alpha Beta peel, you yes. know, which was something that I knew was um, going to be was very different. It was gentle, and we'll talk more about it. But it was dramatic, mm. and I just started to feel this growing momentum of it being received by the beauty world and I knew that you could back to visual I mean you can't argue with something that transforms the skin in front of your very eyes instant. in two minutes mm. and then there was nothing like that so I knew I was onto something really big and if I played my cards right yeah I thought there was a bright future ahead of me um and you know, you just never know. I didn't take it for granted. Yes. Um, I didn't say I'm going to be the greatest one day, but um, I had hopes. Mm, lucky you did. As both a dermatologist and a brand founder, you really do have, it's a cult following. There's really no other way to put it. What do you think it is about your approach to the skin that sets you apart? Mm. It's, it really is my understanding of the science and the biology mm-hmm. <coughs> of the skin. And the, the fact is that what, what, my, what makes my approach different is that I'm a dermatologist and I'm also a, the, the chief formulator and a scientist. Mm. And it's the combination of having the ability to, as a dermatologist, look at something on someone's skin and say, aha, uh-huh, I know what's going on on a biological level and all the complicated steps that it takes that that are going on that leads to this condition or to this imperfection um, or this this cosmetic problem that this person is is asking for help and then understanding on the other side of of the coin what it takes to undo offset and correct every step in the pathway that that adds up to that condition. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say there's no such thing as a single magic bullet ingredient. You know, it's not, and it doesn't just take one ingredient at high doses to make a difference. It really, what I do that's different is understand in a comprehensive way the complexity of a skin problem and then come back and answer 
the uh, with with different ingredients, different delivery systems that work in a very comprehensive way that I think the brand is unique in doing. I agree with all of that. We've touched on the alphabet appeal, so I want to go in depth with that because sure. if we're talking about things with a cult following, mm-hmm. I mean, it's in a league of its own. I understand that you developed that treatment in clinic and it was your wife who suggested that this should be available to everyone, Tell not just tell. people who can visit the clinic in New York. Yeah, it's and a funny so story. And so your skincare brand was born. Talk right. me through it. Well, it began with a professional appeal yes. in my office that my clients would come to come to see me and I would do his professional treatment once a month mm-hmm. um, and there were in in there and to this day I still do this professional stronger procedure in my office in Fifth Avenue New York City mm-hmm. um, and it was something that utilized concepts in skincare chemistry that were not done before and in a day um, you know this is when people thought that you needed to have high dose strong acids to actually inflict injury to the skin mm. to make it really red really peel, which this product does not do. There's no, no actual peeling. You see it's, micro, it's a micro peel. You, rem- you remove the, some of the top layer, which appears in your cotton ball, which you then throw away each mm-hmm. day. Um, but then everyone thought you needed to have a radical, crazy downtime. Mm. And it, I proved that it really wasn't the case. In my in, in the, this, pr- this procedure in the office, and, and the results were startling, and people came to my office. My wife was pregnant um, mm-hmm. um, in, in at this time, and she couldn't come into my office. And I do, and I remember to this day, riding in a taxi from my office to our apartment uptown, and just thinking, okay, what am I gonna do? Uh, what, how can I create a product at home that that does the same thing? Mm-hmm. And I created the alphabet appeal in the taxi, and I just—it's two steps, like I do in my office. Um, you know, that's what. True peels must be. There's no such thing as a one-step peel. You have to have that second step to neutralize and then to I- soothe the skin and, and, and infuse it with all these other active ingredients, which is what I did in my office. And so I created the at-home version. Mm-hmm. And then people, and then so my, my in my practice, people come once a month for their professional peel, and then they would leave with the daily product. And I would literally mix it for them in, in, a, in a little Amazing. laboratory room in my in my office. Put the canisters on. Put the label of step one, step two. Say okay. See you back in a month. They do this daily, and lo and behold, people started coming to my office who were not my patients and saying, "My friend bought this here. I want these peel pads that I can use every day." Mm-hmm. And it was then that I said to my wife, "I said, I think we may have a business here, because it was just radical how popular it was, and it turned into a retail shop." Um, and that's the story of how the skincare brand began. We talk a bit on this podcast about how it's one thing to have an idea, but then to turn that into this tactile product and develop it into a brand takes another skill set entirely. So how did you go from altering what you were doing in clinic to make it available, you know, in retail and to make it fine to use every day? How did you go about distributing it? Where Mm. did you start? Well... First, I, for, I formulated it. You yeah. know, I, I just created the, the formula that allowed you to do something every day, no downtime, instant results, got your skin better and better, stimulated collagen and helped pores and helped discolorations, give you back radiance. And I, So once I created the formula, um, I partnered with a laboratory mm-hmm. that had vats and bins and mixers. Yes. And, you know, it was a real, in, it was, uh, we, we took it to the industry. 
And so we started to, and through my specifications, I own the formula, we basically rented their their industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And instead of sticking a label on manually, they had machines that did it. And instead of putting it in a little plastic bag, they put it into a carton. And we started going into mass production. I think that's a really interesting point of difference in that you were the one, the formula was yours, whereas a lot of brands, they go to the chemist and say, okay, I want this, this, this. And then right. there's so much back and forth. So sure. you were kind of one step ahead Absolutely. No, I never, from the that, get-go. That private labeling story, yeah. There's mm. just, there's no creativity there and, you know, there's nothing that's necessary. These are patented signature yeah. products. And, you know, and then from there... Um, Spas took it in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and certain retailers took it in. And then from there, um, we knew we needed to expand the, the line to create products for the, the for the entire gamut of skincare. So we created cleansers and moisturizers and you know, just a bunch of different serums. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was the seed to the skincare company. How long did that process take from deciding, okay, we need to start a retail brand through to it being ready for launch? About five years. Five years. Yep. Oh mate, that's how long it takes. Yes, for beautiful it does. skincare. So what came next? You've talked about how there were cleansers, serums. Do you remember what the next product was? It was a cleanser and it was a moisturizer and it was an oil-free moisturizer for mm-hmm. those with breakouts. And it was a heavy nighttime cream for for deep uh, hydration. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all compatible with um, with the alphabet appeal, which you use first and layer on. Mm-hmm. And then I started to develop a little bit more of a sophisticated uh, philosophy to skincare, you know, and there were still a lot of ingredients that I thought were, were pretty much nonsense, you know, glycolic, mm-hmm. glycolic acid was still the biggest name in the industry. And I think it, it's good, but it certainly was not um, the pillar. Mm. And so I started to create what I thought were the pillars. So I integrated retinol, integrated hyaluronic acid, integrated vitamin C, peptides were just being discovered. And there's a bunch of peptides, but I identified three in particular that I thought were exceptional. Mm -hmm. Start to use those. Um, I discovered ferulic acid, started to use niacinamide. So I did, and and you see, my my practice is a wonderful thing. It's it's really a a living lab where um, I have... clients who I can look at their skin, ask what they're using, and see the room for improvement or see the detriment that a high-dose glycolic acid product mm. was doing to their skin, for example, um, and knew how to create something better. I'm going to spend more time talking about the peel because I'm besotted with it, and certainly from my personal experience, that was my introduction to your brand, and I think that's probably the case for a lot of people. Sure. For the uninitiated... Very top level. Can you explain what the peel does for the skin? Sure. So the first of all, the peel, the definition of a peel is it's it's two steps. Mm-hmm. When you come to a doctor's office, as people have done for decades, the first step is an acid. And acids should not scare people because they're, the skin itself lives in an acidic pH. So I'm a believer in maintaining the skin balance. So I never expose the skin to harsh acids to a, a, a very low, dangerous pH. But that said, acids remove the top layer of the dead, dull skin that gives our skin that loss of radiance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So And beneath that are our freshest, youngest, more y- our baby cells that are really beautiful. 
So, and every day we accumulate dead skin. So the peels on a daily basis just remove in a micro peel way all of that, that dead skin and the, s- the, 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 the debris that sits there. And it reveals your younger looking skin. And, the, and then it also, by doing that on a regular basis, you start to do something called increasing cell turnover. You actually provide a little stimulation to the skin, just like you do by walking every day and getting your muscles loose, you know? The second step now, which is applied two minutes later on these pads, that's how the alpha pill comes, neutralizes, it, sh- it shuts down the acidity of the first step, which is really important to a home care system because it's dummy proof. You just don't, and, and that's the difference between why this is a true peel and why it's it's safe and gentle versus products that just claim to be one-step peels that put the acids on and say, go on your merry way. Mm. You never do that in a professional setting, and you should never no do that at way. home. So the second step now is of a higher pH that neutralizes the, the acidic pH mm-hmm. of the first step and then shuts it down, restores the balance in pH of the skin, and that also is the opportunity once the first step has removed that top layer to infuse a host dozens of anti-aging ingredients in that second step which now have better absorption and have a better effect on the skin so in that second step i put green tea extract put peptides i like a little retinol they're ingredients you may never have heard of like genistein which have oh, what's trim- that genistein is an is a um it's called a soy isoflavone, discovered by Dr. Genestein mm-hmm. um, in Sweden um, quite some time ago. has fantastic properties to give the skin a beautiful radiance. And there's no better time to introduce a host of anti-aging ingredients than after the first step has revealed that fresh new young skin. That They're, they're hungry. So you mm-hmm. feed them in the second step. And the second step also has ingredients to soothe. So it really is your protection after you've neutralized and, rest- and re- restore the pH, it's your protection to make sure that it's your skin is never red, never flaky, never off balance, and looks great that day and is ready for the next treatment the next day. Mm-hmm. You <coughs> really pioneered, pioneered sorry, this idea of the gentle peel, and you've touched on how at that time when you first developed alpha-beta, people thought that a peel had to involve the skin physically peeling. So right. can you talk me through this, um, I guess, science that you championed, the idea of using multiple acids right. but at lower concentrations. Yes, that is the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I can tell you is, to my surprise, I was, you know, I didn't consider myself a, a renegade. I was just absolutely um, blown away by um, how wrong they were. And, mm. it, and that's why product lines that, you know, I'm a dermatologist, I understand the science, and I grew skin cells and as, a, as a cancer researcher, and I knew what was making skin healthy, and I knew how you had to have certain pH ranges and, 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 and the parameters that make skin healthy, and how far you can push the skin before generating free radicals that injure it. So at the same time, the commercial world and other brands that were not really as scientific or didn't have a dermatologic background really were buying into the fact that you had to expose the skin to harsh acids. And this is in the 1990s, and there was an episode on Sex in the City where I think Samantha was... Bright um, red. Bright red, (laughs) and that was the norm. Mm. That was the norm, and I just felt like, you know, I I tried it too on my patients before I I, I Mm -hmm. begged to differ, 
And I found that, A, that it was a treacherous road. Two, they ended up not looking any better. It didn't make sense to me. So I did the research and found what you just said, that the skin does much better by, instead of using a high dose of a single acid, like glycolic acid, you're better off using multiple acids at lower concentrations, which collectively add up to maybe what is the same concentration (coughs) of that single acid that's used at at a high concentration. But when when you're doing that with a cocktail, with a blend of multiple Mm. acids, you get the best of both worlds. It there it reduces the irritation, and because all acids work a little differently in the means by which they remove and exfoliate and tone, that you get that blend and without the downtime. Mm-hmm. And that was the key breakthrough. But the second step was still not being done. They mm. used to they used to neutralize by taking it off with water. Oh my! And and I can tell you when you put water on top of an acid, especially a high dose acid, it burns. It mm. really burns. It does something called an exothermic reaction. It releases heat. So the sti- mm. the sti- they screamed. And I just thought that this was barbaric. And so I developed and I patented the peel. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And I just developed new peels and, ad- and uh, no new technologies. It's moved and we're just um, really the, the, the brand that has pioneered this, this segment of skincare. Absolutely. Let's talk a bit about those new peels because if we look at the brand today, the Alpha Beta portfolio, I suppose, extends far beyond the original peel. Right. So what was it that led you to create, I guess, riffs on the original formula? Skin types. Mm-hmm. Basically knowing, which is another thing as a dermatologist, I understand that there are, I am formulating for you know, what I call the bell-shaped curve of, of the human race. Yeah. Right. So I know my product's going to be used by people with sensitive skin and oily skin and in cold climates and in hot climates. And um, there are there are very different skin types there. And yet they're all being sold the same product. So what I did was I created a gentle version mm-hmm. of the Alphabet Appeal available now. I created um, the extra strength for those who are, you know, just vetted and, and, and whose skin can take more and who want more. That's where I'm at. You are there. Okay. <laughs> And then there's the the uh, original universal strength, mm. which are for people in between. So you can just follow those guidelines, and the peel can be done every day, um, depending on your skin type. Just select that the one that sounds like it's for you, mm-hmm. and it has been a tremendous, tremendous seller in in, in Mecca here in Australia. It has been mm-hmm. absolutely, and continues to be. Mm-hmm. Another specific ingredient that you're a rather vocal champion of is vitamin C. Yes, I am. Why is that? There is no ingredient that exists um, through the brilliance of nature, Mm -hmm. like vitamin C, that, number one, stimulates your skin's collagen. Yeah. It also protects your skin's collagen because it's an antioxidant. And it helps reduce hyperpigmentation. And it's an incredible ingredient because the fact of the matter is, is that if you use vitamin C on a regular basis and you formulate it in a certain way, you really can get tremendous results from it. So I, I think that as great as it is um, from just the way it exists in nature, part of what I do, because I wear, I'm, you know, as a doctor uh, who knows what the skin needs, but as a scientist who knows how to tweak nature, you know, mm-hmm. you can modify vitamin C also. 
And so we use a little technology to make nature work better. And in this instance, what I've done with a very popular serum, it's called the C plus collagen serum. Mm -hmm. It's very popular here too. Um, for people who love the effects of vitamin C and that, how it gives the skin radiance, <coughs> how it stimulates collagen, how it firms the skin. The reason that product works like magic is because I've taken vitamin C, which is water-soluble, right? Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's, it's, it's dissolved in water. But the truth is that the skin is 50-50, water and oil. And oil and water don't mix, right? Your salad dressing, your vinegar and, and oil separate mm -hmm. because they don't like each other. And that's just the, that is a setup of, of, of nature. The same thing exists in skin, but you want to get your water-soluble vitamin C into the lipid part of skin where 50% of the antioxidants are necessary or where 50% of the collagen is stimulated. So I took vitamin C and I tagged it, I complexed it with something that makes it also lipid-soluble. So now it has better penetration, better absorption, a more ubiquitous effect on the skin, and you can really see a tremendous difference. And it's, it's more important now... Um, for people who want to get an early start um, in looking younger, it's important for people who um, don't want to do surgery or who don't want to do procedures. And it's also important now because there's a movement, which I will debunk, which is mm -hmm. eating collagen. You know, okay, this, whole thing, yeah. this whole thing, it's a myth. It's mm -hmm. a myth. And it's, it's not even, you know, partially true. It's preposterous. You cannot eat collagen, which is a big protein. Mm-hmm put it into the stomach where the, there's a pH of one to kill all bacteria to, that protects you. Um, and then it gets broken down, the collagen does, into the amino acids and it's disassembled. And that's what gets into the bloodstream. And mm -hmm. that's what gets into your skin. But what you need in your skin is that big molecule called collagen. So the only way to get collagen restored and replenished and, and fortified in your skin are to use ingredients like vitamin C applied topically to stimulate your skin's own production of collagen. You can't ingest it. Mm -hmm. So these are why things, and, and even the alpha-beta peel, the, the fluctuation between step one and step two, increasing cell turnover is another way to stimulate collagen. So collagen production is a, is a legitimate way to do it, and there's not there's an illegitimate way to do it, and vitamin C is really important, but you got to improve vitamin C, which is what I've done, and I'm a big fan still. Upon choosing new skincare, I feel as though a lot of people really crave instant results. Yes, they but do. Instant and lasting results. They're not mutually exclusive, but often people kind of get a little confused along the way. So how do we strike that balance? You should, you should have high expectations for something to work right away. Uh -huh. And you know, my mantra for, the, for my products is instant results. If you don't see instant results then don't, don't be sold on something saying, oh, the results are coming. Yep. You know, cumulative results do happen, right? So the peel, big seller, because mm. you see results literally straight away. Straight away, right. The vitamin C, the C plus collagen product, straight away. Mm -hmm. Even things like the cleansers and the moisturizers, they're all designed to have a different kind of chemistry so that the results are immediate, okay? It's just a matter of scientific know-how. It's also a matter of understanding how the skin works and giving it what it needs to look better immediately. And I liken it to, well, you know, you can't say, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're hungry, you, you're not going to say, well, I'm, I'm eating something and my hunger should go away by tomorrow. Yep. Right? <laughs> right? The what way a sad world right. that would be. Right. The nature is that when, you're, when, you're, when your system is satisfied, mm -hmm. your hunger goes away within minutes. Okay. Yeah. 
when your skin is lacking in something, if it needs radiance, you know, if it's looking for firmness, there's there there should be technology in your product that gives it to you right away. And then that is what gets better and better and better. So I think people should know and be savvy about products that don't do that. And 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 I work very hard and it's it's a bit of a more of a technological uh, challenge and we do tremendous research and we also make sure that before a product is released we do we have consumer testing done and double blind studies and that go on for months that prove that this is going to give the people the results they're looking for straight away so um, expect that and if you don't get that switch to your point there was another quote that i heard from you in your interview on the Emma Guns show that was, if it's not making you look good, it's not working. Right. I love that. And then to that point, I guess sort of, you know, glossy advertisements and models and that, it, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense because that's not making you look good. It's right. someone else. That in mind, do you find it difficult to get your message across at all in this kind of digital age where mm-hmm. everyone's a glossy model and everything's face-tuned? And right. You know, we find it um, we find it less challenging than you think because the brand's reputation, the, the, the word that keeps coming up is legitimate. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. legit. You know, your brand's legit, Dr. Rose. It's just they try it once and it's word of mouth and they they see um, they see these results. And the fact is that, you know what? There's a difference between fact and opinion. Right? Yes. So so the fact is when you see it on your own skin, right? You can't buy into something that you b- bought because you you saw it on someone's Instagram page who raved about it, mm-hmm. who probably has certain lighting and cer- and has photoshopped it, smoke and mirrors, <laughs> and then, and all of a sudden, you know, you buy it and you say, "This is not what I saw on the f- on my on my mm. the screen of my telephone." If you're not seeing that then it's really an, an opinion, and we're all about fact, we're all about science. And it's just the biggest distinguishing feature of the brand is, this, is the fact that there is, and that's why I'm a believer in multiple ingredients. You know, I just launched a product that's, that's called the IPL serum for really challenging hyperpigmentation problems. Mm-hmm. Challenging hyperpigmentation problems um, can take some time to, to, go to, to improve, However, products out there fail to deliver, and this one gives it to you, but also you see results in as little as three days, even with a challenging problem. So even with challenging problems, you should have high expectations straight away. Amazing. Instagram aside, one of the positives that the digital age, if you will, has brought with it is tech. Case in point being the Spectralight devices. Talk us through them. What do they do? What's their function? What does LED really do for the skin? LED is another ingredient, mm-hmm. and, and you know would never think that a light is an ingredient that you know maybe vitamin C or retinol or, or serum. You can touch it, you can see it, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. It's physical, but LED light, despite it not being something you can touch and having no weight to it, works through receptors in the skin just like all those physical ingredients that you're used to in your creams and serums. A receptor is a gateway into the cell. And, and our body, our skin, has, has to protect itself by keeping 
things out as well as regulating that which comes in. And it lets things into the skin via receptors that it wants and knows are good for it. And LED has receptors. They literally, look, they literally work like satellite dishes on the surface of a skin cell. Mm -hmm. And the light shines in there, and then it gets into the cell. And it does things like stimulates collagen, helps reduce inflammation, helps get rid of redness, helps kill the bacteria that causes acne, helps normalize your oil chemistry, gives back your skin radiance. And these are things without any possible side effects because acids, if done incorrectly, can be harsh. Retinol can be harsh. LED is not. And the final point to know is why it's such a breakthrough is because, for example, when it comes to treating acne or, or stimulating collagen for fine lines and wrinkles, the more ways you do it, the, the more receptors you stimulate, the, the more a different active ingredients you use, the, their effects are additive. The better you look, and if there's a unique receptor for vitamin C and a unique receptor for LED, as is the case, as it is for retinol and for peptides and for hyaluronic acid, use them all because that's synergy. Mm -hmm. That's the additive effect of using all these different ingredients. And those are the pillars, as I call them, of anti-aging. Mm -hmm. So there's no magic bullet. There's no one ingredient that at high concentration does anything great. You need the blend. And that was this was a philosophy of the brand that started way back when with the Alpha Beta Peel and has just blossomed as we've grown. LED is the new kid on the block, but it really is fantastic and should be used. And Spectralite and the Facewear Pro, mm -hmm. um, even the um, there's a, a little product for the uh, an acne pen that you can yes. shine on a pimple, and in three minutes it helps it go down. I love that one. At its core, your brand really is about delivering, I guess, clinical treatments, but in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. With this in mind, do we still need to be heading in clinic for treatments or is our home care enough? Well, I think that if you go to a clinic, you still need to do something at home. Absolutely. And, and, and if you choose not to, the, the world of, of results by being at home alone is better than ever. That said, um, there are things I do in my practice that are still above and beyond what I can actually do. Of course. Um, in, in with my, w I can't do lasers, I can't do injections um, that are in, in my products. You know, it's just there is technology that you can't do at home. But the, but the really exciting part of the story is the times we live in, um, what we do now do at home is really what was achieved in the office years mm. ago. So we we're just moving and advancing with technology at such a rapid pace that um, you're just going to start to see results that are better and better, including at home, as we have in the office. But you really can just get great results mm. um, by buying the right products with the right science that really are customized and targeted for what your particular concerns are. It's an exciting time for skincare. You have been a pioneer within this industry for upwards of 25 years. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen within beauty over that time? Mm -hmm. Well, I do think the movement uh, of creating cruelty-free products is, has mm -hmm. grown. Um, I, I, am, I believe in that. Um, and I'm an animal lover and an advocate and very involved in my other half of my life with, with the cause. Mm -hmm. And you can now test safety on, of products in, in methods other than using animals. <coughs> I think that's a big one. Um, 
how to source your ingredients when you, when I use when I say I vitamin C I, mm. I use right despite my taking it and modifying it to make it work better. Um, companies like mine still source it from co- other companies that that manufacture it. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of companies around the world that manufacture vitamin C. It's my job and my philosophy to source what's called pharmaceutical-grade ingredients, only right. the very, very best, um, make it into my products. So, And I'm big on paraben-free, I'm phthalate-free, um, vegan, all those things that, those are, these are new to the, uh, to the industry. So, and aside from that, there's just new science being developed all the time. You know, I have new ideas and I've come to um, believe that my next frontier is to actually develop new ingredients. Mm. Yeah. While we are talking about changes within the industry, we talked a bit earlier on about how stress can have an effect on the skin more so now than ever because it's hard to switch off. That aside, are there any environmental stresses that you are seeing damage the skin now that perhaps you didn't 25 years ago? Yeah. The answer is collectively, mm-hmm. there's just more stress now than right. there was 25 years ago. And so, and stress is terrible for the skin. It's, it's ages the skin. I can vouch for that. It absolutely affects uh, your complexion in a, in a bad way. And so, in, in, you know, the way stress used to work, you know, was that in prehistoric times, you know, if, if, if someone's life was threatened because of a saber-toothed tiger that just appeared in their, in, in their peripheral vision, <laughs> they would have the fight-or-flight response, which a surge of adrenaline would hit their body, and then they would run for their life. And that is the same thing that happens with stress today. You don't have a, a saber-toothed tiger, but you have financial concerns, you're stuck in traffic, you have relationship issues. You have a boss breathing down your neck. You get <laughs> emails every minute with a new deadline. Your heart starts to pump. All those things lead to the same physiologic response as it did back a million years ago. And what it does is it creates adrenaline surges. And adrenaline is something that is designed to respond to the fight or flight response. And it takes blood away from the skin. The circulation due to stress favors it going to the heart so it can pump faster and harder so you can run. Mm-hmm. It goes to your lungs so you can take deeper breaths and get more oxygen. It goes to your brain so you can make s- millisecond decisions which can be life-saving. The skin is not so important under stressful times, so the skin gets deprived of circulation so you look pale. Mm-hmm. The circulation is deprived so you get less nutrients, you get less oxygen, you get less antioxidants, and the skin suffers. It looks pale fine lines and wrinkles look worse, its defense mechanisms are worse, immunity reduces, and those things on a regular basis take its toll. So I've done this research and now I've created a brand new franchise that's being launched that addresses stress, and interestingly enough, poetically, the antidote to what society has brought in the way of stress comes from nature in that I've taken superfoods and adaptogens and niacinamides and I've put them into products that are now going to have the ability to offset immediately the adverse effects of stress. So the way it's done is it's not just like taking a vegetable, grinding it up and saying, here, put this on your face or I put it in a cream. Mm -hmm. It's encapsulated. And this is a new science. 
I've been ca- I put them in, in, in these little spheres, these capsules, in a cream, package them so that now they stay fresh. And also, 98% of superfoods and adaptogens are only water-soluble. Right. And we talked about the fact that water-soluble doesn't get into the lipid part mm-hmm. of skin, of which 50% exists. So in these capsules, now you can deliver these amazingly powerful and potent ingredients like these, these superfood ingredients, and there's tons of them that we put in the products, to go into all layers and get great absorption, and they will immediately improve the circulation to the skin, which is going to be, uh, that undoes exactly the, the first step in what stress does. And then they're potent antioxidants, they're potent collagen stimulators, they're potent, uh, they work on DNA, they, they're great um, hydrators, they help radiance, they help fine lines and wrinkles. And so the antidote to get back to your question, to stress is necessary now more than ever because we're under more stress and we're seeing it in in people's skin. So that's coming out very soon here in Mecca. Exciting. All of that in mind, what do you think are some of the big changes we can expect to see from the industry as a whole over the next few years? Which direction are we moving in? Well, I can speak for myself. I think that um, what I am looking to do is I'm looking to develop new products and mm-hmm. new ingredients that <coughs> that are going to even even in a more sophisticated way stimulate collagen. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for products that are going to be more um, suited for. I'm going to I'm going to look to subdivide skin types a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, we know we have oily skin and dry skin, and we have um, sensitive skin. I'm going to look to create ways that can help really uh, understand a person's own DNA a little bit better so that I can create products that even be more targeted and more effective for them. So I'm going to just continue to to, uh, customize in a much more highly scientific way um, products to make them work even better. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a product that's designed for um, the eyes, like this this is going to be a a stress product for uh, for the eyes and a a cream and and a serum. The reason you need an eye product, why can't you use, use your facial product for your eyes? You could, but it's not optimal. And the reason mm. for that is because the skin around the eyes are, is different. The skin's a little thinner. Very has much sensitivity. So. It has less oil glands there. Um, these are all things that are, are part of the DNA that makes the skin around the eyes different. But the DNA differences of the skin everywhere on the face varies from person to person. Of course. So I'm looking to... Um, just find means by which I can do better targeting um, to, to really enhance and, and make more powerful, more effective products. It's going to be quite revolutionary, and I'm working on it, and I can't promise that I'm going to have it done you know, anytime soon, but these are, my, these are my goals and dreams. That's very exciting. We've kind of already touched on it with the superfoods, but my final question, and maybe in the more immediate future, what's next for Dr. Dennis Gross? What's next for me? Um, I am actually going to release a product that targets pores. Mm. Pores, large pores, um, are something that I see in my clinic um, is the enemy to the human race. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> hates large pores. And, yep. and stress causes it. It's, it's part of skin types and it's part of the aging process. Our pores get bigger. So I've created a pore refining serum that is rather breakthrough. And it's... Um, 
it works because my I have just been just back in the day where I felt like the state of the art was really abysmal. Products for pores now basically are um, are makeup primers that blur that get into. Oh, the I pores. was going to say it's just silicone, silicone going over the top of them. Precisely, mm. or things that do a little exfoliation, mm. or you know, advice you know, sp- splash hot water then cold water and do that a couple times. Crazy. The mm. truth of the matter is back to how you know I see the world. I understand that large pores, in fact, exist for seven different reasons. Seven. Seven. And so I've created a product that has seven different ingredients, all designed to work on every reason a large pore exists in the first place. And when you use this product, it's it's going to work immediately. And then as time goes on, it's going to work even better. And then as you continue to use it, it will prevent so pores are the next frontier for my company, and it's a fantastic product because it's going to be lightweight. You can put it on um, after you wash or after you do, you do the peel, and you can layer on all your other products afterwards. Um, this is, I think, a really important uh, next step for us is, is pores. Um, and then we I've just finished making a cleanser, actually, for mm. the first time in my career. <coughs> I formulated a cleanser for... Um, the people who live in Australia. Ah. A unique cleanser, considering the fact that um, there's there are, th- listen, the water in Australia is hard, mm-hmm. okay? And the, 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 the people here who live here, generally speaking, have have very similar um, custom cu- uh, skin types that I can customize to. Mm-hmm. And so I put ingredients in this product that help um, negate some of the harshness of the water, that some s- water softeners um, that exist here, and other ingredients that will really give the, these these citizens here a um, a deep cleaning for the for their skin type, and also not strip. So Very it's important. my first it's it's the first time ever that I have actually um, customized a product for a nation. And that's just really another way of saying that I've um, I've customized to certain things that exist in your DNA and in your environment. That was Dr. Dennis Gross, founder of Dr. Dennis Gross Skincare, which you can find on Instagram at Dr. Dennis Gross. To read my interview with Dr. Dennis, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.